Hey everyone, welcome to the I'm Still Standing podcast, season four, episode four. Hey everyone, I have a little announcement. Um, Google Play is not working for some reason. I am sorry, I have not discarded my beautiful Google Play listeners. I am trying to work it out with Google, however, because of COVID and the lack of, um, or I guess, limited staff. There is no one answering the phones right now, so I'm trying to figure it out. For now, if you or anyone you know used to listen on Google Play, please check out Stitcher. It's really easy to use. You can use it, um, you know, click on the link and it will take you directly to the episodes. I apologize. I am working on it. Now, onto the episode. It was an amazing pleasure to speak with Dr. Leonie Mattison. She is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Dr. Leonie Madison is an organizational and talent development practitioner. She's the author of two books, The Thread, Imperfect Steps to a God-Ordained Purpose, and Besides Still Waters, 21-Day Devotional. She's the creator of The Thread Six-Step Method, which helps survivors free themselves from trauma and live abundant lives. I always like to start with a fun question. Um, <laughs> I read that you have three daughters. Yes. How would your three daughters describe you? <laughs> I have three daughters and a dog. Um, they call me silly mom, um, goofy, <laughs> and um, the woman that has an accent that comes out, especially when she wants to get her point across. My Jamaican accent um, comes out. So yeah, those are some of the, I guess, words that they'll use to describe me. Awesome. When I was actually, when I was doing my research, I was watching a video of you just to, I like to get an idea of who I'm going to talk to. And I heard a little bit of the accent. I was like, oh, okay. Because my family's Jamaican on both sides. So, okay. so it was a very familiar accent. So I was like, okay, that's awesome. Yes, I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica, the West Indies, in the parish of St. Anne. You were born in St. Anne? Okay. I don't know. I've only been to, I'm a foreign child, I've only been to Kingston and Montego Bay. So where does St. Anne fall? Uh, Ocherez, um, Trelawney, Uh up in the hills. Okay, okay, okay. Awesome, awesome. Um, And... I want you to share, I always like people to share a little bit of their testimony before getting into what you're doing now, because I think it's so important for us to know what has brought you here. So can you share a little bit of your own testimony and how you've healed from what you described, as I read, a sick soul, broken heart, and noisy mind? Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks for asking. So uh, where do I begin? I am so grateful. I live out of um, the well of gratitude. I'm so grateful. So as I said before, I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica, the West Indies, and um, I love my country. I love my country, but that's where the trauma um, got started. And recently I sat down over the Christmas break. I was actually listening to your um, show about rest. And I sat down and I said, you know, 
I just want to probably sometimes get to the point where I can just share my story like a minute or two and I give everyone a long version. And so the Lord impressed upon my heart, the, um, the tag, we could call it a tagline, fell seven times or fell eight times, got back up, you know, fell seven, got back up eight. But I always said fell seven and God brought me back up maybe three times that amount. And so I was born on the island of Jamaica. And unfortunately, um, my dad actually uh, immigrated to Canada. That was the first place that um, he, he was married to my mom. And then he had to leave Jamaica to go find work. And Canada was his first um, destination, actually. And during that time, um, he abandoned the family abandoned the family and so when he, he immigrated overseas we didn't see him I think my mom said he left when I was around five years old and we didn't see him again until I was maybe around 13 14 that's what I remember so um while growing up in Jamaica my dad immigrated left the island and then um you know my mom had seven children seven kids and at that time in Jamaica, for a single mom without, you know, having a career and was really a homemaker and had to raise her children, she was also forced to leave the island. And so she also immigrated. And, but she, she took care of us in the sense that we bounced around from parishes. In Jamaica, we have parishes, which is like, you know, the states. And so we bounced around from parish to parish, really living in various, um, whether it was family members or strangers' homes. And I talk about that in my book. And so while living, um, I, I, I felt like a fugitive in a way, but while living um, in these uh, homes, I was molested, I was raped, and I re vividly remembered um, once when I was um, sick, I came down with bronchitis. And I remember my grand at the time I was living with my grandmother, there was tenants living in the home and um, there were older boys and my other family members. And while I was sick and my grandmother left, one of my family members actually came into the room and raped me, held me down on the bed and I couldn't scream and I was raped. I was molested by family members, felt up, and the whole host of things that happened in my childhood. At one point, I was abused physically, um, got my teeth chopped out, got my leg chopped out, tied up with a rope, was beaten like a slave, literally. Um, I learned how to cook since I was like six or seven years old, because in one of the homes where we lived, the men were treated like kings and the girls were treated like pretty much like slaves. And so I grew up with the threads of always feeling subservient to men. And so um, fortunately, my dad came back to, um, to Jamaica, um, as I said, when I was probably around 13 years old. And thankfully, he brought us to the US, my sisters and my one brother and I, four of us to the United States. But then the trauma continued and back up a little bit about one significant trauma that also happened to me. So I had the sexual, the emotional, the physical, but I also experienced spiritual abuse in Jamaica as well. 
and I was traumatized at this church where I was going because my mom was a single mom. She didn't have a husband to defend her. And so I remember we went to a convention, a faith-based convention. And while I was there, I was offered, I ate, we had already ate, we'd eaten our dinner. And then I was offered a second plate of food and the faith leader felt it was the wrong thing to do. And instead of pulling me to the side and maybe disciplining me to say, you shouldn't do that, which I don't even understand why I wouldn't, shouldn't eat two plates of food, but whatever. But when I came back to the community and came back to church, the faith leader actually went up to the pulpit and she um, shamed me from the pulpit and put me in what was called the back bench of the church. I was not allowed to interact with my peers or the rest of the members. I was only 10 years old. And I remember my soul was left stuck on the back of that church um, for the next 30 years. And she shamed me. She put me in the back of the church. I called it like a church prison. And the only way you got out of this prison was when the church leader actually released you. So fast forward, I'm in the United States. Um, so childhood trauma then led to obesity. At one point, I was 270 pounds. And so I was hiding behind this jacket, very low self-esteem. Um, it actually then led to, I got pregnant at an early age. I dropped out of college. And um, so I was with an older man because I was looking for a father figure. I was looking for a father figure. I felt valueless. I felt worthless. I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. I had no idea who this girl that I now see, I didn't, I never, I'd never met her at that point. And so um, I got pregnant, had the baby and came down with postpartum depression, which I didn't know what that was. <laughs> you mm -hmm. don't hear words growing up in Jamaica and so I came down with this at 19 about to turn 20 postpartum depression and I did what I saw the women in my family do when I was living in Jamaica whenever there was a problem they went to the faith leader for help and so I went to my faith leader for help and I talk about this in my book in chapter two and my faith leader spiritually and sexually abused me um, he forced himself on me. My Lord. Hmm? Oh, no. I was just saying, you know, that's d very disturbing, you know, when you're in a vulnerable state. Um, very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. So then that's the spiritual sexual abuse happening to me. Um, and then from there, I later developed Bell palsy, <laughs> uh, which is where the muscles in the face becomes weak. From there, um, I got to the point where, so these are all like the traumatic injuries that's happening to me. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's that thread that's weaving from my childhood all the way into being a teenager to an adulthood. And so I got to the point where, where the soul got sick. My, my, my mind was noisy. Um, I, I stayed in the church. I stayed in that faith-based environment for a while and continue to be abused. And I remember I got to the point where my soul was sick. I almost committed suicide at one point because this faith leader um, became very controlling. I talk about it in the book. And I was trying to run away from the situation. 
and felt like I just couldn't handle it anymore. You talk about trying to fix yourself, right? I was trying to fix myself to see how I can help me to get out of the situation. And so I gave up and I thought the only thing I could do at that point was to end my life. And so my, noise, my mind was very noisy. I was very depressed. And I remember um, I got to the point where uh, I now the, I got married, got married during this time as well. That marriage was falling apart. And at, the, at that juncture, I started going back to Jamaica. I was going back to Jamaica a lot. I was going to Jamaica like four or five times a year. And I didn't realize then that I realized while writing the book that what it was, I was going back to the trauma that I knew. I was going back to that environment because I was looking for someone to rescue me. I was looking for someone to apologize, to say sorry, to see that I was hurting. But then what ends up happening, right? When you try to run away, you run into more danger. You're so um, vulnerable to the enemy. And then he is almost like he is not almost he is like a snake and he he sets these traps for us that we're unaware of right and so while i was on my little excursions as i called it i met someone and that relationship became physically abusive right i was physically abused and to the point where i started thinking of committing another suicide while i was there thankfully um one afternoon, I remember I was at my breaking point, I'd hit rock bottom, and I literally was thinking about drinking poison. And I was sitting on the stone outside, it was a hot day, I was sitting on the stone, I turned the radio on. And I remember when I turned the radio on, it was a seventh day Adventist pastor, and he said, prodigal son, come home. I immediately turned the, the radio off because at the time I felt, um, I was I, w I was in sin. I felt I was condemning myself. I felt unworthy. Like God wouldn't want me. I, I hate Him first. I didn't. I had wanted nothing to do with God or the church at that time. Um, and so I'm like, no, He's not talking to me. So I cut the radio off. And I remember I went in the living room and I turned the television on. And when I turned the television on, I never forget, it was Juanita Bynum who was on the TV. And she was preaching and she said, there's a woman watching and you're about to commit suicide. You wanna get like, end your life. And God said to tell you, prodigal son, come home. Prodigal daughter, come home. And if you come home, the Lord said that he's going to change your life beyond recognition. And I cut it off. And I'm like, there's no way. God is wow. Wow. You couldn't run from it. <laughs> I couldn't, but I tried to. So what I did, I started trashing the house and I felt tormented. I didn't know what it was that it was really the Holy Spirit. And I trashed the house. When I tell you I trashed the house to the point where the neighbors called the cops, they thought that there was something going on between me and somebody else. And I remember when I left Jamaica, I turned to the person, I told them, this is the last time you're seeing me. The only way you're going to see me again is unless we meet in the rapture. 
that was eight years ago. And I came back. And when I came back, I had a coming to Jesus conversation with myself. And I said, God, if you don't help me, I'm done. And I cut my hair off. I left my soul again in another traumatic situation. And I cut my hair off. And I said, I'm never growing my hair again because I don't want men to see me. Um, that was my way of hiding behind who God created me to be. I just didn't want to be seen because I felt like my beauty was what was causing the problem. So fast forward, um, when I had that conversation with God and he told me to get in the shower and to shower myself from head to toe, and if I would give him the chance, he would change my life, and he did. Now, not that there weren't any hiccups along the way, not that there weren't any booby traps that the enemy set along the way, but I am a living testimony to say that God is a deliverer. And so fast forward, he- Amen, I have to say amen. <laughs> amen, amen. And so what the Lord did for me when I made that decision, I became self-aware that there was more to Leone. I became self-aware that God had a plan for me. I didn't know what it was, but I talk about, and I, and I talk about this in my book about this thread step that I developed because I started thinking like, this is not who I was created to be. There was a dissonance between what I was experiencing and what my soul wisdom was telling me. And so the Lord relocated my kids and I. I had never been to California a day in my life. And I took a really a big leap of faith. Where were you living before? In New York. In oh, New you were living in New York. York. In New Jersey. Where the only, I was on the East Coast. I'd never been to California. Never, not even thought about it. The only California I knew was Biggie Small and Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> the movie stars and the singers. I had no, never been to California a day in my life. So when God said to me, um, he was going to radically shift my life, he meant it. And so I never applied for the job. The job came to me. They relocated my kids and I, and I've never, I've never, I've had no regrets, but along the way, the enemy doesn't let go off of us like, okay, I'm just going to let you go. Uh-uh, it doesn't work like that. And so while I was here, the move relocated to a new, new environment, a new job, no friends, no family members. Yeah, and I was very vulnerable. And not that the Lord wasn't protecting me, but this was all part of God's plan for me to be this voice and an advocate for women who have gone through a significant, I mean, severe trauma. While I was going through this process of reinventing myself and reclaiming my life, I had a stroke. Wow. Stroke and I was paralyzed on the right side of my body. And I fell into a depression during that time. I mean, when I tell you, Jim, I remember whenever I look at anything black, I would scream like someone was literally beating me. I couldn't look at anything black. My mind was like a pretzel just being twisted. I was a mess. Wow. God. But God. But you see what it was? What, let me tell you how I interpreted that season of my life. You know how when you take um, 
what do you call it? Um, a laxative to get rid of, that was what was going on. I needed to get rid of what was poured into me. So God brought me, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. God literally had to break me, break me emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So he could pour in that healing that I needed to become the woman that he had dreamed me up, the woman that he created, the woman that he had in mind. Amen. Empty out. And I have a question for you because I think sometimes, as you said, like while we're going through the healing and something else happens, um, it can be very discouraging. And so, but I think a lot of times God wants to show us that the trauma or whatever it is, is still impacting our lives because we might not become aware of it until something happens. So when did you become aware of, aware that even though, you know, you had this come to Jesus moment that the trauma still was impacting your life in some way? What was that? How did you come to that realization? That's an excellent question. Thanks for asking. I became aware when I started repeating some of the behaviors. Mm. I started dating the same kinds of guys. I started having the same kinds of friends who were manipulative, who were users and abusers. I started even attracting the same kind of bosses who reminded me of some of the trauma. So be careful of the jobs that you, you select, the friends that you invite in your life, and also the things that you eat, spirit, mind, and body. So when I started noticing that, I said, mm, this, this sounds familiar. Like, I, I remember, I'll give you a quick example. When I started, e, the, I have a thread step, and the, it's, it's spelled the word T-H-R-E-A-D. The E in the thread system for E is to enlist supporters. I enlisted the support of a therapist. And this person wanted switch. She, this person kind of flipped the switch on me. And how I knew I was going down the wrong path, we were getting so close. My therapist was becoming my friend and was no longer helping me. That was the same thing that happened with the faith leader. So I started seeing the behavior. It was showing up in a different environment, but it's because the enemy was, he had that stronghold. And not only that, I realized at the time that even though God had placed me in a new environment, I brought some of those old friends with me as well. So I didn't totally release myself from the pain and the hurt and the trauma, they were baggages that I was carrying with me in my new environment, my new life. So to women, I wanna say, pay attention to that. When God moves you, when he takes you out of a situation, take nothing with you. It's just like Lot's wife, right? When he said, run, run. Cause I didn't take my house, I left the house. I didn't take my furniture, but I took people. I took relationships with me. And those relationships were the tools and the avenues that the enemy used to attack. Mm, that's really, really good. That's really important. And I want you to describe, talk a little bit about this model you developed. And I want you to tell us how it helped you 
And um, I want you to tell us what the acronym stands for as well, because we're referring to it a lot. So just so folks have an idea. Awesome. So excited to share with you and your listeners. So it's in my book. So here's the book, The Thread. This is the book. It's on my website and, and folks could go ahead and actually download a free chapter of the book and I'll talk more about it later. But on page 258 is actually the thread system. And again, it's T-H-R-E-A-D and it is, it is really designed to help survivors to free themselves from this individual that trauma created and really to move forward into living this abundant life that Christ envisioned and actually planned for us to live. And so the T is to think, it's the mindset, to think. Think of the outcome that you want. It's all about awareness. And in the book I talk about, ask yourself, what outcome do I want to achieve? What does unstuck look like? And what actions can I take to get there? So it's that uh, self-evaluation is your knowing, it's a mindset to say, hmm, I want to think, what do I want? What do I want to achieve? I'll give you an example. When I recognize um, that, you know, some of the behaviors were showing up in my new life, for example, I had to ask myself, hmm, what do I really want? And to be honest with you, seven years later, I want a husband, not a partner, per se, not a boyfriend. And what I mean by that, not when you use the word partner, we, the, the Bible talks about the power of life and death is in our tongue. So you've got to be intentional about the words that we choose. And with trauma survivors, I'm here to tell us, we have what's called, our spirits are very heightened. And it is really incumbent upon trauma survivors to print, ask the Lord to give you um, the spirit of discernment, to discern who and what and why, those whys and the what's and the how's. Because when I started, I used to say, I want to have a life partner. Oh, I was getting all kinds of men, all kinds of men. But then I realized they didn't want marriage. They weren't committed in their relationship with Jesus. And so it was leading me down the wrong path again. And so I asked the Lord, what am I doing wrong? And then I had to ask the question, what outcome do you really want, Leonie? And then I said, I want a husband. I want to be a wife to a man who will bring out the best in me and will help me to continue to be this beautiful woman that I am. A husband, I want to be a wife. Now, then I started asking myself, okay, so what does that look like? That means when I date, there's certain no-nos. We're going to have to follow the biblical way of dating, right? So it's asking ourselves, if I want to be a wife and that guy's really looking for, if I want to want a husband and my husband is looking for a wife, what are those qualities that he's looking for? So that's the first step is to think. The second step is to harvest to harvest the lessons learned and to heal our hearts. So I want the woman to ask herself, what have I learned so far? How has it made me stronger? What can I use from my past to forge my new path forward? For me, what that looks like 
In the past, I was a people pleaser. In the past, I never consulted the Holy Spirit and asked the Holy Spirit, should I go on this date? Should I trust this person? What am I really feeling? Am I feeling like I need more information before I take this job? The doctor told me so-and-so. Did I ask meaningful questions to get the right answers? So it's really that reflection. What have I learned in the past? In the past, I was too hasty. In the past, I didn't ask enough meaningful questions. In the past, I didn't seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I was seeking me, myself, and my own agenda. And that led me down the wrong path and gave me the wrong results. So it did, the results that I, I have achieved did not help me to become the woman that God envisioned might for me to be. The third step, are we doing well? Okay. The third is release, R. Release fear and break the painful patterns. So I want you to ask yourself, what do I need to let go of to become the woman I say I want to be? Number two, what decisions must I live in? Number three, am I living the highest expressions of my values and integrity? And this one hit home for me because I remember when my therapist asked me, what are my values? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I started giving all kinds of answers and she's like, those are not your values. And I remember when I had to sit down and come up with my top three to five values, it was a little bit of a challenge for me. But today, I'm so happy I did that exercise, and I want to encourage women to really understand what their values are. For me, my top five values are spirituality, honesty, happiness, meaningful work, and emotional intelligence. And I know those things like off the, I know them, right? And why it's important? Because they're like the, um, it's almost like the, the measuring stick is like your GPS, it's like your guidepost, mm -hmm. right? Because it helps in your decision making. It also helps in the further development of who you will become as this daughter of the Most High God. Amen. Yeah, that's really good. And you could have easily kept this to yourself, the thread model, you know? You could have easily kept um, what God revealed to you really it's a revelation of what can work to heal to yourself but what made you decide to share it with the world through your book after having experienced the trauma and then the being on the healing journey and the awakening and how i grew closer with jesus i love it i mean i look myself in the mirror and i'm like that's leone <laughs> How, how did I get here, right? So having reflect, after achieving the success, I achieved the success and then I had to pause and ask myself, how did I get here? And how has it helped me? And how can I help others to even do better, feel better than I'm feeling today, right? Because it feels really good. It, it feels so good that I want to share it with millions, right? I want so many people to experience what I have experienced because it has helped me 
in raising my children. It has helped me in my relationships. It has helped me in my career. I mean, it is just as positivity all the way around. And why wouldn't I? The Bible says that, you know, he calls us so that we may share and spread the word. This is the gospel. Our lives are this living testimony, right? This is part of what, now I understand. The gospel is not religion. No. The gospel is a lived experience. And so why wouldn't I want to share what Jesus is doing in my life? Because I couldn't do it on my own. I have nothing to share about what I've, what I've done on my own. I'm like, Jesus, please help me to have a lot of TMI when I'm talking so I don't share too much information and give people new ideas because it's messy. But what God has done is innovative, is, I mean, renewing, is transformative, is life-giving. I just want so many, as many women as possible to experience what I have experienced. And like I said, and even better. Amen. I, I really applaud you for that. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing this. And I pray, it's my prayer for you that it spreads far and wide from nation to nation to nation to nation in Jesus name, because it's Amen. something that really, you know, this is really the heart of I'm still standing. Really it is because God has called me to help women very similar to you go like go through the process of healing so that they can be who God created them to be who he intended them to be when he knit them in their mother's womb. You know, and the enemy, of course, uses all these things, traumas, to try and keep us stuck where we're not supposed to be. So I'm really, really happy that you've developed this system, you know, of course, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that your book is going far and wide. Um, what advice would you give women who might be listening, who are unsure about what to do next. Maybe they're really feeling really stuck, um, really stuck, whether it's in trauma or past experiences, rejection, abandonment. What would you say to them? People who are just really, they don't know what to do next. All right. I actually wrote, I, this morning in my journal, I'm going to share with you what I wrote in my journal today. The first thing I would say to women is that it is the mind and will of God for you to live an abundant life. And it's not foo-foo, it's not new age, it is a reality. The scripture says that Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. And so I would say, here's what I wrote this morning in, in, my, in my little notes here about one, I want women, my advice to you is to listen to your soul's wisdom. Listen to that, uh, that if you want to call it intuition, we call it the Holy Spirit because that's, that's who, who is really stirring up that um, knowing inside of us. To listen to that soul wisdom that's saying there's more. To listen to the voice that's asking you the question, why are you settling for less? And then to seek to challenge God to saying, okay, if there's more, show it to me. Put me on that path that would have me experience more of you and less of what I'm experiencing now. Because that was what I said to God. I said, okay, if there's more I wanted, show me where it is. 
lead me to the path of your righteousness, right? And then challenge him back, get into the word and challenge God with the word. In Psalms, he says, he prepares a table before us in the presence of trauma, in the presence of abuse, right? In the presence of your... Mm -hmm. Yes, prepared. So God, where is that table? Because I'm ready to go sit. I'm tired. I Amen. I need to eat right now. I need to be fed right now, God. So lead me to this path, right? So he said, those prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then he says, guess what, girl? And I will anoint you. That means he's going to anoint you. And in the process of anointing, the anointing is what breaks the yoke and sets you free. Hallelujah. And anoint you right and i will anoint you and so in that anointing process yes there'll be some breaking and yes you're going to feel vulnerable and yes you're going to cry and yes you're going to hurt but then he says what i'll anoint you but guess what girl what he's going to pour into you he's going to feed you he's going to feed you what you need he's going to take out of you what you no longer need the toxic things that were put inside of us by the enemy the toxic things that were put inside of us because as a result of trauma and the abuse he's going to empty us of all of those things and then he says what well, i'm going to pour into you the fruit the fruit of love the fruit of the spirit is what love meekness and kindness and gentleness and long suffering so guess what over time, the, the abusers, the perpetrators, <laughs> you're going to be able to forgive them because God has poured into you. You have allowed yourself to sit at the table and you've allowed yourself to be fed. And so you're full up, you're filled up with him. So you have no choice, no other option but to empty out and to share with the world. You're going to be able to share with the world the love of God, the love, the transforming love of God, the joy of the Lord, which has become our strength. And so, yes, I don't look like what I've been through because I'm filled up with more of him and less of me. And I believe with all my heart that if that woman that's listening today you're wondering she went through all that yes but here's what i have to share with you why i'm saying these things to you i fell seven times but i got back up eight not only did god step into my life not only did he transform my situation but he also showed me how to reclaim my life so that's my advice to you to become aware i call it the abcs a awareness become aware aware of who god wants you to be and the b is to believe that you are worthy of being the woman like me who got back up eight times i got up and i finished my master's degree and a phd i got back up and the girl who was who dropped out of college became what a university professor back up and the woman who had these traumatic injuries who was overweight 270 pounds got rid of those unwanted weight and she's lost all that weight a hundred of those unwanted pounds i got back up and not only that the holy spirit allowed me to face my fears and i published two self-help books last year i got back up and i won the um, california is called the pacific coast times business 40 under 40 for one of the most transformative leaders on the central coast i got back up and i'm speaking to you jim jackson you're gonna make me cry <laughs> and i'm 
see that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Get up, girl. Rise and go for the win. And the C, the, I call it the ABC, and the C is to be confident that you have the courage to be who mm. you have seen in that dream and that vision. That courageous woman who stand tall as a warrior for Jesus. And you're saying, sisters, I'm not going to leave you. Come on, I'm going to take others with me. And I'm going to turn them through that light that says what? You were created for more. Don't settle for less. God wants you, whoever is listening to this podcast today, I'm here to say, and I want you to really believe when I say, let God into your heart and allow him to transform your life. And I'm telling you, you will look nothing like you've been through because I sure have experienced that myself. Amen. Wow. Praise God. He is the God of restoration. He really is. He is. He is. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) I'm like really speechless, honestly. I am so blessed to be just connected to you, to be a part of your story, to be a witness to God's transformative power. And that is why it's so important for us as believers to share our testimony. Because if I saw you, you know, teaching at the university and all that, I wouldn't even know. But that's why it's so important to share our testimonies. It is so important. If we want to learn more about you, what you do, where to buy the book, can you tell us, you know, all of your information, please? Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, People can visit my website. It's going through a revamp right now, but there's still information up on the current site. www.leonie.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Leonie H. Mattison. I'm also on Facebook at Leonie H. Mattison. I'm on Twitter at Leonie Mattison. I can be reached at Leonie, Leonie at Leonie by email. And also the book is available. I mean, um, uh, um, you can pick it up. Yes, Amazon um, in Canada. So folks who are in Canada can purchase the book either through Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. It's in Walmart, it's in Target. I mean, it is for worldwide purchase. So wherever the books are sold, you should be able to purchase the book online. I'm going to be making the book available where folks could purchase autographed copies of the book as well. And I'm happy to also share that in, um, in March, I'll be speaking at the Best You Conference in Los Angeles. And so um, information will be on my website for folks if they like to purchase tickets to come hear me talk about how to achieve intentional transformation in my six step process. And so I'm really excited about that. And yes, I am so grateful for all that God has done and how he's going to be transforming the lives of those who are listening to this podcast as well. Standing for so long, I forget I stand tall. Standing tall